You are listening to 101.5 UMFM. This is 393 is the radio program. We are interviewing Dion C. Haynes, aka Rampage, poet, writer, co-founder of Woke Comedy Hour, as well as comedian, because if we don't say that part, <laughs> tired. <laughs> All right. Um, First off, for anyone that is sitting in here, we have our regular crew of hosts. Could you explain some of the things that you do? Um, And let me put this as 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 a qualifier as well. You speak from the perspective of uh, a black queer woman of Guyanese and Trinidadian or so sorry Tobagan Tobagan yeah. Tobagan uh yeah. <laughs> heritage yeah. oh. anyone listening out there if you, that comes to Trinidad and Tobago jokes so yeah. the, there's a subtext there um so with that being said um go into what you do and what you'd like us to know about you first off um, I've been a poet for a long time I've written my entire life and um, I just uh, went through some things that uh, didn't, I think that poetry is great for dealing with some things and comedy is really great for dealing with those same things. Mm. (laughs) So like some extreme racist uh, shit on the job Mm -hmm. and uh, which I guess that's real life because it's my life. but it it was kind of bubbling up for me in a while for a while and uh you know when you have that voice that says do this it'll you know like just try it and you're like no but i'm this now <laughs> and mm. so um i guess eventually things came to a breaking point and i uh decided to try comedy after a, a really long time of trying to talk myself out of it so then that happened and so then sure and actually not long after uh, Alyssa Blackwolf Kickson and I started Woke Comedy Hour oh yeah it was I don't even think I was doing comedy for a full oh maybe it was like a little bit more than six months yeah huh. Alyssa's been doing it for a lot lot longer though how long ago was uh was this uh October of 2016 okay Um, And so we started Woke uh, in June or May of 2017. And why did you start that Uh, specifically? Too many white dudes in comedy. (laughs) Um, uh, Well, as a numbers person, when you look at it, Uh you know, it's not it's not a fair representation. So um, and as I said, Alyssa has been in the biz for uh, most of her life and uh, took a break from the scene, came back, same thing. Um, And just the kind of comedy. So it's not just like one type of person doing, uh, you know, one type of person. It's like a a recurring theme of just um, the comedy that, you know, where we're getting shit on. And like, I feel that there has to be a better way to laugh and 
heal from trauma or just heal from your day's bullshit um, without taking a stab at yourself. And as a person of color and as a queer person, usually, you know, as the world is working at this time, getting paid less. So we were just like, why would we get paid less if that comes up? But like, why would we attack ourselves first and foremost? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, I just have a question about woke comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people have their own meaning of woke. What what does the word awoke mean to you? Okay, so we uh, truthfully, um, or I, Alyssa has a slightly different uh, spin, but when we were coming, trying to come up with a name, we were just kind of digging through what was popular, and I just said oh yeah let's do woke and with all capitals um all large capitals and my idea was to like fill in the acronym later but that never happened um what it means for me personally is that there is an awakening in your being that that um doesn't necessarily match the way society's treating you so when one becomes woke they become awakened they are awake and aware of what is going on and the booby traps that society sets for them um and just basically how they live their life and then fight that so i have a question for you Mm -hmm. regarding about your stage name where where did your um inspiration come from or how did you get your stage name rampage because i was livid (laughs) you know that feeling you have when you think everything is okay or more or less okay and you realize it very much is not okay so and also uh, it occurred to me after that I'm an Aries and I write so rampage but the 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 rampage yeah I know I like it it took me it was about two years after I was just like oh okay but no I was just really enraged about pretty much everything uh with the different elements that make your identity Mm -hmm. does it ever get overwhelming with uh the type of jokes in comedy today, because sometimes it might get out of line or, or something like that. <laughs> I like the way you say that. Sometimes it may get out of line. Sadly, a lot of times it gets out of line. Um, I feel like my responsibility to myself is to make sure that I'm living as integrated a life as possible. There was a time where I, I think I kind of um, segmented the way I thought about myself like these are my black problems and these are my lady problems and these are my queer problems and that doesn't really benefit um, me I can't speak for anybody else I understand that it is a process of learning to love yourself but I just think it's easier if you have your jewels all under one house so um, uh, in terms of like I, I get pissed off when I see oppressive shit go down, like straight up. But um, in terms of, you know, keeping all those identities um, bubbling and heated under one roof, that's that's my responsibility to myself. So as a comedian, uh-huh. um, of course, there are different types of comedy. Sometimes yeah. there are ones that, you know, are dirty, there are clean ones, and then there are ones that are like 
you know, make fun of stereotypes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So do you have um, some sort of like topic in which you draw the borderline or limit as to like you find offensive or like, you you know, you don't find funny about? Um, okay, so just to clarify, you want to know what I find personally offensive yeah like because you know certain people could be joking about like stereotypes Mm -hmm. but then of course others don't take that as well right so personally what is your like personal topic of like limit that limits you know what you don't find funny i feel okay so i guess i'm gonna try and answer that in like two tiny parts um i feel that if you are not the person who is experiencing um, you know, like if a white guy is standing up there doing, a, you know, a Chinese accent or whatever, or a Jamaican, oh God damn it. Um, you know, like shut the F up, you know, that's, you, you don't get to, that's not your steez. You have tons of things you can draw on. Like y- your life should be keeping you hella busy. So, um, um, I, j- I have literally absolutely no patience for that at all. Um, I think there's a way for um, people from the marginalized majority to take the stereotypes that they have, because we have to live with that, right? And flip it on its head. Um, I understand why people may still do the stereotypes that are common for their um, bloodline or their, you know, whatever their background is. Um, But it makes me sad because I'm just like, you're helping the oppressor. (laughs) Um, That's not funny. (laughs) Um, But you know what I mean? Like, I understand it it takes time to develop uh, ways to fight, fight the nonsense we endure right so it it took me time i'm still learning um with the with the answers you've given us so far it seems like you're not doing comedy just to be funny like you have a mission (laughs) or you have like a message you want to get out there would you like to elaborate on that yeah i would and i'm glad you asked that because um when I was rehearsing before I went to my first open mic, I was like, I don't give a shit if people laugh. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna blast capitalism and get up there. Um, but it turns out I do want people to laugh. Um, but I also am very aware that I am doing this first and foremost for people Um, who share the same background as me, who share the same, um, like, family chosen or other, chosen and blood, um, and the people we love and the people in our communities, and that's who I'm doing it for. And the the great thing is uh, a lot of people in the audience that identify in some way do totally get that. Um, and, uh, And sometimes people in the audience do not, and they don't laugh, and they look like they're about to crap their pants, and um, I'm okay with that too. Explain a marginalized majority uh, for for the listeners and for us that are sitting here. 
Okay, so a lot of times there's this, you know, you know, the box we have to check off sometimes where it's the minority. But when you look at it from a, a very clear numbers perspective, we are the majority. We're marginalized or there, you know, there are forces at work that uh, definitely are intent on keeping us as marginalized as possible, but we are still the majority. Is comedy your healing mechanism? And two parts, actually. Mm -hmm. Do you find that if you don't get on a stage sometimes that the feelings are overwhelming, you need to be... Okay. <laughs> um, I have a really weird relationship with sociability. Uh, there are days that I'm just like, I just want to do a set from my tub. Um, I'm not... I'm not... Yeah, it's, it's a really weird... It's a really weird relationship being a performer. I, I felt like I could uh, nurse it a lot better as a poet um, because you don't necessarily have to be <clears throat> gregarious. Uh, you don't have to be like overly friendly. Um, and, I've, and I actually put myself in a position where not only am I going up on stage, but I have to engage people in a certain way, get those laughs. Um, and also as a as a producer, um, I have to like invite people. So I have to literally walk into the crowd and and you know look at somebody who just came to chill out and not talk to anybody. And I have to sometimes say, "Hey, do you want to get up on stage?" Um, which is not something I normally. I am not a salesperson, um, but that that's been a learning curve. Um, for me, the the main thing for me to do is write. I write every day. Um, if I don't write, things will fall apart. Um, I I think I need some stage time, but my main thing is like I ha I have to write. Hi. Um. Why do you write? <laughs> why? Why? Like what made what made you get into writing in the first place? Um. A few things. Um, I really, there's a special relationship I have with stationery. <laughs> um, it's, uh, sometimes expensive, um, <laughs> but it's a relationship that I, that I firmly, I, I don't know, that's, there's something about writing, there's something about the way your thoughts happen in your head and then come out on the page. Um, that's very magical and um, I think a lot of times people think oh you're a writer you're a really good public speaker not, not necessarily I'm a, I'm a good writer I love writing uh, and part of my public speaking is because I'm always writing not because I'm like a naturally good public speaker and also too it is my goal to really mess with the English language and basically elbow elbow out space um, for myself um, because a lot of times the words don't fit so I really like um, messing with the English English language perfect so um, as an artist where do you find your ideas or inspiration when it comes to your creations is there a something or a someone <laughs> that helps you out with your process mm -hmm. when you create those stuff oppression is a 
rich, rich, rich place to dig, <laughs> sadly. Um, I would love to do poetry and comedy about, like, only, you know, the forest and the beach and sex, but um, that's just not my life. <laughs> so uh, I s sometimes find it a little... Um, embarrassing as a writer with tons of ideas that a lot of things that I talk about are things that literally you know happen like the you know the idiot who's trying to touch my hair and you know just stuff like that um but you know yeah I will work for work with it for as long as I have the patience to um and then just things that I see and just, I don't know, like my life, my life as a kid, my life being raised as a, you know, kid in this city with religion. I, I feel like religion is a rich pot of comedic gold as well. Um,
Um, okay, so as a comedian, when you perform, uh, do you do you um, kind of have some sort of like etiquette that you want to teach like uh, audiences? Like because we know you know not everyone has let's say respect, <laughs> you know, when they enter a comedy room. Mm. So do you have like some sort of like etiquette or guideline on what they could be? doing as an audience to be like a more um generally i mean i recognize and the woke team recognizes that we are performing in a bar most of the time so people like we don't expect stone silence but we do expect like people to not be carrying on to the point where you can't hear yourself think um i love being super punk punk rock and telling people to shut the hell up when I'm on stage um because I need to because I, I you know what I and just like and also for other comedians you know what I mean like I think it's important to recognize that this is your craft you're working on it um by all means if you need to like have a super loud obnoxious conversation go outside go to the other room um uh who's in the collective Right now, we have, um, of course, Alyssa Blackwolf-Kixon, who's the other producer and co-founder of Woke. Um, there's Daniel Kayahara, Tiane Diop, Rowan Ebb, um, Ugona Chibo, uh, Sasha Mark, uh, Leticia Dyer, um, Don Levand, uh, Zach Coffin, who is an amazing kid, um, Don's child, he's they started a couple of months ago with us, which and we totally welcome kids to come up on stage. Um, oh my goodness, Grammy moment! I'm forgetting people. Um, it, it, it's fine. We can go back to that. Yeah. You could go and look online. Um, is there a place that people could look online for information of uh, woke comedy? Yeah, um, we have a Facebook page. Um, that sounded really archaic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty analog, so um, that is my goal to slowly get better with the social media stuff. Um, but we do have a Facebook page. Okay, uh, and how do you, you've alluded to uh, young comedians? Mm -hmm. um, and going into the crowd and asking if someone wants to go up. Mm -hmm. So you do have an open mic also that you're a part yeah. of? Yeah, we have an open mic the first Tuesday of every month at the Goodwill. So our next show is on the 1st, I believe, of December, if that's a Tuesday. Okay. Um, or maybe the 4th. I'll check. Um, and so that's... You said the first Tuesday, right? The first the, Tuesday. That's the 4th of December. The, the 4th of yeah, December. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Thank you. And so sign up is at 7.30 um, and show starts at 8. Um, and truth is, like, a lot of times people say they don't want to perform and then at the last minute after they see a couple people, they're like, oh, wait, I want to go on. So, like, if somebody decides they want to go on at 8.15 or 8.30, as long as the show's still running, we will totally put them on. Okay. Uh, could you describe also how how do you decide what is going to be in your poetry versus it's going to develop into your co comedy routine? Or is there a crossover? Sometimes there's a crossover. Sometimes I'll be writing 
um, sometimes I'll be writing uh, just ideas for stuff. Like I write, I write a lot of ideas down, um, just phrases that come to me, and um, and yeah, really truly, the the brain decides which category they go into. Like it's it's so, like usually that's what happens. It's just like. Um, I don't know. It's the magic of synapses and neurons. It's very awesome. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask, um, with uh, the process that's involved with writing um, comedy specifically, it's, it seems like something to be very difficult to uh, uh, to reflect on and to to know, like, are other people gonna think this is funny? Kind of thing. Like, do you have you have you uh, developed a, a process that you do for deciding what gets put in and and what you don't put involve in there or include in the set? Yeah. Um, it's funny because I'm I really hate writing essays like a lot, like so much. I can't. I, you could literally devote a show to how much I hate writing essays. But then I realized that um, creating a comedy set is like writing an essay. Like you have to have um, some cohesiveness. Like it needs to fit. Um, but sometimes I'm just kind of like, I'm just going to talk about some random shit. And like I just, you know, it's, it's like my stage for 10 minutes or seven minutes or five minutes. So I'm going to do what I want. But I like things to have a flow in my head. Like it needs to make sense to me first and foremost. Um, because that's who I'm responsible for. <laughs> um, yeah. Can you describe how you attain this? There, there has to be a certain rhythm in, in yeah. comedy, right? And and also in poetry. Yes. Um, but some people do not see the, the the actual rhythm that is in comedy itself so could you walk us through going through that process and how aggravating it actually is or just certain notes for young comedians that might be listening um i guess to finish your question too i often um i'll have something in my mind and then i'll see how the crowd is is responding and I'll either ramp it up <laughs> or I'll like veer off into another um, section um, but okay sorry Elliot can you rephrase the question because I, I had it in my head and then it it went just talking about uh, the rhythm the ebb and the flow of yeah. of of writing a routine yeah and uh, what are the what's the skeleton of it for you basically okay got it thank you um, I feel it depends on what is most pressing for me. Like, um, okay, I'll, I'll give a really good example. I had a show last night and uh, I, I really wanted to talk about this situation with um, white women saying how much they want black babies. And uh, because the situation happened and it like worked my last nerve so hard, I was just like, I'm gonna talk about this. Um, and I also knew I had a show coming up. And so um, I, I like to start with, I feel like a, a little rant appetizer 
<laughs> and then um, kind of wind down from there, um, talk about, like there's usually, I can't think of the last time I did a set where I didn't talk about racism. Um, so yeah, I, I tend to usually start with the, I don't know if this word, the heavier stuff, but it's, it's the whatever. So I usually start with that and then start with the, um, and then continue on to usually like something, uh, sex related. And I usually tend to close out the set, um, with, a with either a really good punch or just kind of like a more, I don't like the term soft landing either, but. Yeah, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, so you've been doing poetry for practically your whole life, but mm -hmm. comedy only recently, but mm -hmm. still for a while. Is there any skills that you've developed with poetry over the years that tie into comedy? Because they're two separate art forms. They are. But I, f I feel for me, um, just being dedicated to writing um, I have had parts in my life where I kind of uh, didn't take a hiatus from writing, but, like, didn't focus on it as much as, like, it's literally the thing I do when I wake up. Like, I write when I wake up. I have, like, paper pads in my bag. I have notes on my phone. I have notes all over my apartment. I have pens in my bathroom, pens by my bed. So that that works for me. Um, there's, uh, I feel like you need to be able to nurture that relationship well and not take it for granted because it's a gift that's been given you. So if, if your thing is like speaking into your phone instead of writing, that's totally cool. Like, I'm not saying you need to go out and spend, you know, $10 on a pen or whatever, uh, but, uh, and Dollarama has some good pens too, by the way, uh, <laughs> they do, um, but like, don't, don't take that relationship with your art or your arts for granted, um, like treat it as, you know, like, I don't know, a bag of cool ranch, like you love it, <laughs> love it. <laughs> So since we're on the topic of skills right now, mm -hmm. for those um, for those who are interested in starting into comedy, mm -hmm. uh, do you have any tips or insights that you want to share to them? There's a difference between being funny with your friends and being funny on stage. That is because I'll and I'll tell you why that came to me first when I. I had really wanted to go on uh, like to an open mic for a long time. And, you know, I had, you know, pushed down the dream and it came back up and I pushed it down. And then there was one evening where I was like, yeah, I'm a poet. I can just roll up on there and I'll be fine. And then as I was putting my shoes on, I was like, uh, hey, dummy, um, not so much. Like, there's a difference between delivering poetry with my book clutched to my chest and, you know, realizing that comedy is, is a completely different form. So... And yes, you are funny with your friends, but you do have to reformulate that because your friends aren't the only people in the crowd 
And I found for myself, I wouldn't even tell my friends. <laughs> so a lot of times, like, I didn't have my friends in the crowd. So you need to, you need to twerk, you know, twerk your timing or, or like, your delivery or your, you know, your thought process has to be on because you're on stage and you may have to also prepare for stage fright. Did you, did you have to battle stage fright? I think I battle anxiety more than stage fright. Uh, so it's yeah. the whole build up beforehand. Yeah. What, yeah. What's, what's the most anxious, uh, what aspects of, of performing makes you the most anxious or the process gets you the most anxious? And how did you how do you overcome that? Because people <laughs> performers deal with anxiety all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I feel there are days that I feel that I'm not I'm just like, you're just bitching about the same shit all the time. Um Yeah, I am. <laughs> I want it to stop. <laughs> um and also too, like humans we're we're a unique and magical template and i think it's very important to work with what you have and so um yeah there there are times that i feel like you know especially when i see somebody else i'm like oh my god i want to be like them and it's just like well no because you're you Mm. so that's a lot of work on its own um, and you can never work at being somebody else because then you're just working in the wrong direction. Oh, I like that. Um, what's, what's, where do you see this going? And, and this goes with, uh, this could be broken up into three ways. Um, let's go with woke, uh, mm-hmm. comedy, mm-hmm. uh, and also with your poetry and you as a comedian, um, answer in any way you'd like in any order. Okay. So woke my biggest goal right now is to get this festival off the ground. Okay. I'm a horrible planner. Okay. Horrible. So that's fun. Um, I, I'm the only, you know, like, we're the only ones who can do it. Like, so um, we want to have a festival next year. Um, and we are really blessed to have some pretty big names who said they would come. So that's super exciting. Um, More improv work. Alyssa is a trained improv artist as well. And I feel like there's this weird hate on for for improv in the comedy scene, in the stand-up comedy scene, which I don't understand because you need improv. (laughs) Like if you're an artist, you need improv. Uh, so we would like to put on um, more uh, more workshops, um, touring for some of the comedians. For me, I'm kind of, I'm not really tied to university, but I would like to finish at some decade before my 50th or 80th or 60th birthday, one of those three. Um, so, um, but I wouldn't mind going on a little tour. For poetry, I'm working on an album right now. Um, yeah, my, my relationship with poetry is very, very, very insular. Like I, like it's almost like I'm content to just write and write and write, but like you, at some point I feel I have to perform. So um, yeah. 
So writing is a big part of your day. You must have notebooks and notebooks and notebooks on. I do. Let's say maybe your house gets on fire, and all those previous, like you lose that. Would you just move on and write more, or do you have like a connection with that? I have a connection to them, and um, it's pretty much the only thing that I become anxious about when I think about moving to another part of the world. Uh, close, f that. Um, but definitely my my um, my weapons of mass destruction. I can't. I I I would have to move on because you can't read ashes. Um, so um it's it's a very good practice to to figure out like because a lot of times i think you know it's just like we well, have these volumes and volumes of stuff and that those volumes of stuff came from came from me you know as an artist they come from you so like really the goal is to keep the brain from catching on fire versus you know um, so yeah, I'd I'd probably cry like heaps, but I'd keep writing. So, but I would be mad as hell. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Um, do you have anything for us to hear right now? Oh yes. Let me get into my bag of tricks. Okay, cool. Uh, this one is called 1967-68. A place you move to where instead of readily killing your son, you watch them kill other mother's sons. This is not a move up. This is not an improvement. I know you thought things would be better, but they are not. How did you endure the attempts of assassination of your soul? What disfraction made you think this was a safe place for your children? And then to not wish your childhood on them, to want better, and yet still try to beat the black out of them. That cloak we wear, it doesn't unfasten easily. You know the night sky moves when it's good and goddamn ready. The sun will have its day soon enough, but until then, sweet darkness. It is needed for rest, for the goodness to soak in, to dream. It's the way it affords the shining in the sun, the glow under these ceaseless rays. You can't rush beauty, you can't hurry magnificence. Um, I'm just going to read this last one. Uh, I wasn't writing for a really long time. Um, writing poetry, I kind of uh, had some things happen and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so this, this was my, um, this is what came to me over the course of several months during a really bad time. And uh, it was my recommitment to poetry so it's called missionary position what you call blasphemy is sacred to me here i come bearing gifts of the sun daughter of the moon in tune to the planet's rhythm where we used to roam sand dunes forests thick and bogs with runes swooning from our heady tunes until we were sold stoled and with bloody bloody doubloons boldly told that we weren't gold and you dare call me pagan, heathen, in your filthy tongue, and not add wondrous creature, human, spirit, deity. Because your piety makes no sense to me, I laugh at your sobriety because you mean nothing to me, so that I can survive the soil you wish to spoil, the seed you wish to wreck, like your ships filled with shit and piss. You no longer hear that sweet hiss of the snake, 
the change you refuse to make, something's at stake, what is it? Your life ruined ours as you tied us to it, forbade and burned us like husks. You rust, oxygenate, and rate. Is it worth it? While we mate, create, and debate, you choose to frustrate hate and live in the basement without seeking the root cellar of your soul. And put your hand to my neck, expecting it to break and snap while it sings screamingly, seemingly at your rage, my rage, the outrage that you have the gall to call my salvation. Thank you. Do you ever feel exhausted? Oh shit, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm saying you, you're touching on 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 topics of like what topics do you touch on for the most part? Like just just briefly go over them. Poetry is a lot of um, trying to just just the rage of not knowing exactly where I'm from a lot of times. Mm, okay. Um, because when you like living here and having people say go back to where you came from mm-hmm. and it's just like a where the fuck are you from how did you get here <laughs> and b are we on the radio now <laughs> yeah i could edit all this okay. don't worry about it i'm not um, going to but um that's a very enraging thing to yeah. look at some to have somebody say go back to where you came from and somebody who looked like them is is partially responsible for the reason why your parents came here um like my auntie has a papaya tree growing in her front yard. She doesn't want to fuck with snow. <laughs> um, True. So my poetry is a lot about shit like that, um, and also like a just like trying to like excise that rage of of being here, but also like loving the land because I genuinely love the planet Mm. um plants very much so sometimes more than people um but yeah so that's a lot of my poetry a lot of my comedy um like basically i got into comedy to to make fun of not being oppressed but make fun of oppressive forces um um yeah, so I, uh, and I also think there there's a time to be like sly, but there's a time to basically point your finger at the person that's um, trying to fuck with your shit and say, yeah, I know it's you and I'm letting everybody else know it's you too. Um, because there's so many times, I think one of the things that blows me away is when people come up to me and, and say things like, oh God, I'm so glad I came here. I thought I was losing my mind. Like, there are a lot of people walking on this planet who feel like they're losing their mind because we're going through things that, um, that um, you know, and especially as a woman-identified person, we're, we're taught to, like, be polite, whatever the hell that means, um, and to, you know, take it with grace. <laughs> no, no, if somebody slapped me in the face, I wouldn't take it with grace, so why would I take any of the other verbal social soulful assaults in the same manner i'm not saying i'm gonna put my hands on somebody today but 
I'm going to, you know, like, <laughs> I'm really there. You know, there are days when you, you're you shaking. It's, it's like your cells are shaking. You're not even mad. Your cells are mad. So, um, and God knows they love to lock us up. So I have to find ways to, you know, sometimes go home early. And it's just like, okay, the public meter is done. <laughs> um but um let's go back to the original question yes writing what you write yes going constantly into those feelings dipping yes. into them into that exhausted, pool yes yeah do you do you get exhausted yeah i'm there are days i feel like i'm just like holy shit how are you still walking around um but my promise to myself was to stop when i'm like when my intuition says to stop uh and there are days that that means it's just like a quick three-day hiatus and we'll see if it turns into anything longer but yeah at this time like as as for me the as long as i feel like writing that's the thing if i don't feel like performing i will deal with that when it comes all right. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much for having me, and, everybody. Uh, yeah, this is uh, 101.5 UMFM. This is 393. Uh, we just spent some time with Dion C. Haynes, uh, a.k.a. Rampage. Um, where's the next place we could catch you? There is a showcase. Uh, so we have our showcase, uh, Woke Showcase, which is not an open mic. Um, the last Sunday of every month, I want to say, at We Johnny's in the Exchange. Um, so I believe that is happening. I know the dates are changing, so just please check the page. I'm sorry. I'm awful <laughs> self-promoter. And how could people find you online, even though you... Is it just I'm on, on MySpace? <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh. I was actually, I came across like some things I had printed out from MySpace a while ago. Just so painful. So painful. Um, I'm on Instagram, um, Dion C. Haynes. That's where I am. I'm also on Facebook. Um, oh, yes. Thank you very much. D I O N E C. Uh, C-H-A-Y-N-E-S all small capitals and uh, Dion C. Haynes on Facebook <laughs> yeah. yes um, thanks for your time thank you so